Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast presents Who Killed? A podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. Alicia Markovich was only 15 years old when she was last seen here along Dunn Avenue in Blairsville 34 years ago. Right here is Route 22, and this is where a billboard will go up next week for Markovich as her friends and family seek answers into her disappearance. The disappearance of 15-year-old Alicia Markovich in 1987 has left one of her best friends, Lori Heiner, asking why and how. Well, it's been uneasy for the last 34 years, not knowing where she's at and whether she's even still possibly alive. It's it's been it's been it's been difficult. Markovich was last seen leaving her father's house along Dunn Avenue on April 26, 1987, after the pair got into an argument. She wasn't heard from again. On the 24th anniversary of her disappearance in 2011, state police announced they wanted to take a fresh look at the case. Her mother, Marcy Smith, pleading for answers. I feel like uh, sometimes I don't have a purpose here because I always wanted grandchildren and I always wanted more children, but it never happened. But the case remained cold more than three decades later. State police told me today they are looking to see if there are any new developments in the case. We just decided, you know what, Marcy, she really never had anybody to stand beside her to help her do all this. Heiner and another friend of Markovich, along with her mother, want to bring the case back in the spotlight to give her mother closure. Next week, this billboard will be placed along Route 22 in Blairsville. Banners will go up in her hometown of Winbur, Somerset County, with the hope of finding answers and peace. If you know something and you remember from back then, you know, just, just Call the hotline or call the detectives and, and let them know if you remember anything. Friends are also holding a basket party on October 9th in Winbur for Markovich, with the money going towards banners, yard signs, and billboards as they continue to seek justice for Alicia. Reporting in Blairsville, Caitlin Sykes, Pittsburgh's Action News 4. to episode 150 of Who Killed. I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast production. This week, I am joined by a special guest, Lori, who is here to discuss a disappearance from 1987. Thank you so much for joining the show, Lori. Thank you for having me, Bill. So what case are we here to discuss? Um, I have have a friend she's been missing for 34 years and we have decided that we want answers and we want to know why nothing has been done in a long time and with that being said who is your friend and what are some of the details about uh, her case uh, her name is Alicia Markovich um, she's she was 15 when she disappeared she was on a day visit with her father it's in Blairsville Pennsylvania and uh, nobody has seen or heard from her since. Oh, that's... So, 
That's terrible. And from what research I've done, the way that the story kind of goes is that he, that she was, she disappeared and literally nobody saw her ever again. No, no one has seen her. She hasn't contacted anybody. So what are some of the efforts you guys are currently doing to help find this person? We stuck a billboard up outside of her um, father's home. It's right along Route 22 there in Blairsville. Um, we just kind of attacked the, meet the social media everywhere, just putting her name and her case out there in hopes that something or somebody would know something and come forward after 34 years. Yeah, you know, what I was thought really interesting about the research that I was doing was what led up to her leaving the home, and that was the disagreement with her dad. And, you know, anytime you see that, and this isn't to point fingers or anything, but anytime you hear that, I mean, kind of hard not to think a little bit about what really happened. Yeah, because it, it, she was a good student. She was an A-B student, so the argument over the grades just doesn't make se any sense. I mean, she oh, so you see, you see, you see a disparity between what the story relayed to the police. Absolutely, it does yes. not match up to what kind of person she was. No, no, she was a typical teenager, a little rebellious, but we all were back then at age fifteen. Everybody is at fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess that leads me to the question of love. Do you feel like there's been a cover up, or do you feel like there's just been a lack of they Interest. just went by. They just went by his story. They that she, she ran away. You know, she left the house and never looked back. It just, you know. But she would never. She had a boyfriend in Winbur. You know, she had. She was very popular. She had a lot of friends. She she got along with everybody. Now, I don't so, know a person that she didn't get along with. And so, and you said you were really good friends with her. She was one of yeah. your best friends. Yeah. So okay. So, Walk me through what happened when she disappeared. I mean, that had to have been so traumatic and so awful for you. It seemed it was kept hush hush from us kids for some reason. Yeah, it it's because you didn't hear a whole lot about the case after she disappeared. I mean, we saw the posters hanging up, but there was really no talk about where she was, what was going on. You know, was anybody trying to find her? But I do know her mom did hang posters up in Blairsville and in Winbur, and her and her boyfriend at the time did go do a search in Blairsville looking for her, but it really was not even discussed that much a bunch, a bunch with a bunch of us kids and stuff. It just wasn't. That's so, that's so weird, because when I was a kid, you know, we had uh, a girl disappear from the city next door, and we were just, it was like inundated with, um, and that was in 89, so maybe it was just a difference in the in the era. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's just two years apart. But nonetheless, it's just, uh, I guess it's the height of stranger danger. And I'm really shocked that the police did not put, like, a more of an effort into finding who was responsible or where she even went. We don't know if it's because it was a different town she disappeared from or we we have no idea. Do you know if uh, her father had any like connections with law enforcement or anything along those lines? I haven't seen any of that yet. Okay. Any any researching we've done in the background? Gotcha. I haven't seen any connection between him and the cops yet. 
Now, do you feel like the cops have a suspect? They always tell us that there's nobody's been rolled out. That's always been the answer. Nobody's rolled out. I noticed that is their last line is they kind of state what they state and then they go, but nobody's been ruled out. Yes, yes. (laughs) So it's kind of, uh, it's interesting because they're able to like kind of say, um, you know, for them to say that, I was with the kids in the background. I'm not that. Yeah, no, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I made mine stay in the other room. (laughs) Well, they're supposed to be upstairs being quiet, but they're not, you know, they're they're kids and that's that's what happens apparently. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. So Alicia disappears and what was the date exactly? Was it the springtime or? Yeah, it was April 26, 1987. She was, uh, she usually went on weekend visits with her dad. They, she never really had too many day visits. So it, it, we all thought it was a little kind of odd that that day was picked for her to go with her father because she also was on the high school track team. And that day they were having a car wash fundraiser for the track team. And so I just felt that was kind of weird to take her away from a school function. So when, she didn't participate? No. She she went with, and her and her mother decided she was going to go with her dad that day just because, you know. And... Okay, so what was the relationship like that you just you kind of make it sound like there wasn't a, much of one with her dad? Well, she was a teenager, so you know, we rather at that age we prefer to be with our friends, hanging out with our school friends even and so but that weekend she went to a wedding the saturday before she disappeared and why he chose that day to take her we can only speculate yeah so let's get back up to the fact that they kept this quiet how did they do that i mean you she's obviously not in school yeah and there's got to be questions about where she went I mean, yeah. at least you have those questions. Yeah, but... when she when she first disappeared, I just thought, well, she's with another friend, you know. She she's either with her boyfriend or she's at another friend's house, and then you just sadly just never heard anything more. Yeah, rarely. I mean, it's very few and far between. I mean, I can name a couple cases off the top of my head, like Brian Schaefer from Ohio State. You know, that just kind of disappears, and they you you never hear from them again. And you don't have, you know, there's no trace of them, you know, like, it's one thing if I know that they did a search at his house uh, after she disappeared. But, you know, what does that mean? You know, again, yeah, from what I gathered with the search is they just kind of did a walkthrough just to see if anything looked hanky or, you know, see if there's anything out of ordinary. And then when they didn't see anything, they just kind of went with his theory that she ran away. Now, there's another thing that's interesting about that day is that he goes out and starts looking for her, apparently. Yeah. And eventually calls her mother one in the morning and says, uh, you know, Alicia's gone. Yeah, she's gone. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah, yeah. And I spoke to one of her friends out in Blairsville that she had back then. 
and he said that he never saw John that day. He never saw Alicia that that day, and he was one of her close friends from Blairsville. So there's not a lot of uh, tracing of what the father and the daughter were up to on that day, yeah. other and than what he says. Yeah, and it's a 45-minute drive from Winbur to Blairsville, so there's a lot of time. That's just so weird. So why did the mother... What was the mother's thought about this? I mean, this just seems just like if she wasn't getting along with her dad, why would she take him out of, why would she allow this to happen on a she school event day? Yeah, she never dreamed that he would, that she would never see her again when she went with her dad. She, she never, she never thought this something would happen. Yeah, that, I mean, of course, I mean, why would you? I mean, it's not yeah, like there was yeah, yeah. anything it, at that point to, yeah, because she and him didn't get along, but the majority of the time, I guess they did. But I guess going after the child support, that kind of, he was angry about that. And so they were fighting a lot about that. Yeah, I, re I read that. And that, that if, I read that her mom said, if that, if your dad brings that up, tell him it's between us. Yes. Yeah. And don't, don't, you know, don't get yourself involved. And good advice. Yeah. Right? That's my mom. She never got us involved in child support stuff. That was always between the adults. Yeah. What I mean, what are you doing? That's putting a lot of pressure on your child and too much, you know, that's that's not cool. Yeah. At all. So, uh, that's just weird. It is. And so the mom, I think I read in the 25th anniversary, she was taught, you know, she, she's been interviewed a number of times, but she talks about you know, she had. She was raised by her grandparents, right? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Marcy, she was quite young when she had Alicia, but her and John were still together for at least nine years wow. after Alicia was born. And so. Okay, so they had been divorced for about six years before she disappeared? Before Alicia disappeared, yeah. Wow, so she had six years of dealing with child support and all that stuff it's a lot to that's a lot to handle at, especially for her you know that for alicia at that age you know she's that's a lot of pressure i mean your parents get divorced at nine and then there's this whole child support issue that just as a true crime podcaster and researcher it just reeks of I don't know if I can believe what I'm hearing yeah it's that's why we're asking questions because it, it's just it just none of it just makes sense to just take it and, and not in, even look into it. it it just doesn't make sense so they have not like actually you don't believe they've actually done their due diligence as far as trying to find her no I don't but that's not Put on today's detectives. I just wish today's detectives would just kind of pick it up at the beginning and kind of look at it as a brand new case and work it as a brand new case instead of going back 34 years. Oh, well, they did this 34 years ago, so we don't have to do that now. It's like there's new, there's all kinds of new technology now that they could work with. And that's what we kind of want them to do is just kind of look at it with new eyes. Yeah, I noticed that they took the uh, baby teeth and they were able to get a DNA profile and that's very important because even if, you know, the worst case scenario, 
they find a skeleton or something along those lines, they at least can find answers. And I believe I saw that the information had been loaded into the national database. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, the, the Doe Network, it has been, yeah. And, and uh, I think the FBI database has it, too. Yeah, because we've been going through Jane Doe's, and we found one that out of Monroe Township. Her name is Penny Doe. She had a lot of similarities to Alicia. And so I contacted the Doe Network, and Mary there, she told me that, yeah, she has been compared with oh. Penny Doe, and there was, there was no match. That's so true. I mean, that's got to be very hard to handle as a friend and, you know, being so close to her and basically you're scouring John Doe or Jane Doe reports to compare it to your friend that's just got to, that's just nobody should have to do that yeah we, we were a little excited with the Penny Doe one but yeah it was a little disappointing they weren't a match yeah I mean the first case that I covered on my podcast it's you know they have like a little bit of DNA and they just are waiting for that technology to catch up. That's what they always say. Like, we're just waiting for the technology to, to get to the point where we can uh, use just a piece of it, not the whole thing. And they would usually just, you know, describe it as we've got so much of the DNA to compare it to. But, like, again, there's not even a crime scene. So, I mean, if there was a crime scene, clearly this case would be completely different and probably solved at this point. And I mean, when I say crime scene, I mean someplace that actually, where if they're just doing a walkthrough, you know, it's a little, you know, they can almost dictate, like the father can almost dictate what's going on in, within that search itself. And a year after Alicia disappeared, they he claims that his car was stolen and it was found by, destroyed by fire in the ne in the town next next yeah yeah all right brand but, new one year old vehicle found well, in the next town burnt destroyed red flag number Absolutely. three I'm counting yep. up now um, and they just went with the theory that it was stolen. Yeah. Oh no, this no. is not. This is like, I don't want to say Keystone Cops because it's Pennsylvania, but <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, dropping the ball. Yeah. How big is the town? Let's let's start with that. Blairsville is a small town. Okay. There's probably just a couple thousand people. Same with Wimber. Wimber's just a couple thousand people. So is it of uh, sheriff? Pennsylvania State. Okay. So, okay, that's so interesting. And they didn't find anything, inter you know, they didn't think this was, like, unusual. And the fact that she's never had any activity on a bank account or anything in any, you know, trying to get a license or an ID or... Yeah, no, nothing. They're, <sighs> they're just running with the theory that she ran away. And we all know she didn't. That's... You know? Her mom's very open about her thoughts on it. So give me some of what her mom thinks, because her, I I would just like to hear from your perspective. Her her mom believes that John knows what happened to her. You know, she always says the last person that saw her is the one that's, that harmed her and is the one that knows where she's at. 
what they did to her. Uh, yeah, she's very, she's very open about her feelings on it. And I noticed that she's gotten now. Is she still involved with with the investigation and stuff? As much as she can be. Yeah, she she's still with everything coming out like that we've been doing with the awareness. She she's kind of reserted back to she's she's distraught over the whole thing still. She still she still grieves for Alicia. Well, cl yeah, clearly. I mean, that's one of those things that you don't think you ever get over. I mean, how can especially when you don't have anything to go by. When you're look when you're looking at okay, a child who gets killed and that's okay, you terrible and you'll never get over that either, but you've got a place to go at least. And yeah. you ha you have at least you know in your mind what happened and where they're at. And where they're at and you can be at peace as much as you possibly can be in that situation. You know, talking to parents that have lost children, it's just, you know, clearly it's something that you're going to never get over. But if you have, like, a place to go and mourn, I think that I, that does help. But this situation has got to be absolutely awful. And it's good that you guys have stepped up and taken some of the pressure off of Marcy. And yeah, she, and she she hasn't had much support over the last three to four years either. I mean, she had friends nuts. that helped her. Yeah, she's had friends help her put posters up back then. But over the past 30 years, there's, there just hasn't been much support for her to get the word out. I just can't believe that... Okay, what's the closest major city to Blairsville? Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So how, t how far are we talking? Um, when I was home, it took us an hour to get to Blairsville, and then it takes another hour to get to Wimber. Okay. So it's a, it's an hour difference. All right. That's so weird. So that's where she was living with her mom in Wimber. In Wimber, yeah. Okay. So she goes. How often would she go and visit her dad? Was, I believe she had every other weekend visits. Okay, and so she would typically stay on Saturday night, or would she stay Friday and Saturday? Friday, night? yeah, Friday, Saturday night. Okay. And, and then she'd stay a little longer in the, during the summertime. So she, so she had an okay relationship with her dad. I don't think it was horrible, but anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you get money and lust and love and all that stuff mixed into it, that's it's tough to, um, to not look at that as. <laughs> it's tough not to look at that and just just shake your head. I mean, the whole thing seems to be like a <sighs> yeah, and it was only a hundred dollar difference that Marcy was asking for. <laughs> yeah, it was going from a hundred dollars to two hundred dollars, and the hearing was that Wednesday after she vanished. Wow. Yeah, there's red flag number four. Red flag number four. Good lord. I cannot believe that the police did not investigate this thoroughly. Now, I saw that they did it hold a press conference at the, what, 25-year? Uh, Marcy was... had one in 2011, so yeah, that would have been 25 years. Okay. And so... And he never showed up for it, the father. I saw that. That's red flag number five. Yes, it is. I would agree. Now, I noticed that he moved to Ohio. Yeah, he had a... He has a job there in a salt mine or something or other, Morton Salt Mine. 
Yeah, I, yes. I'm from you know I'm from Cleveland, so okay, uh, so uh, I'm very familiar with the salt mines under Lake Erie, and it's it's actually a very anybody who has never looked into that, it's very wild and a yeah, lot of salt. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have looked into it. it it's 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 interesting. Yeah, it's because I sail I sail boats on that lake, and to think that there are people mining underneath it is so wild, and it would make sense that he would move there for his job i was just and I, I did read that he still owns the house though yes so does he rent it then his wife lives in the blairsville house oh his, oh his wife yeah okay so does he we do... can call that number six <laughs> <laughs> well why yeah why it, it, are they it, living it, apart yeah that's that's another weird part of this whole scenario um uh, wow this is just yeah, getting the, weirder the and gate, weirder gatekeeper i guess you can say she's the gatekeeper that's what i call it that's my opinion like you feel like she's like holding down the fort mm -hmm. yeah because i would never live apart from my husband so why is she staying there <laughs> I mean that leads to that leads to some major speculations about what's in that house. So what 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 has to happen in order to get the police to I don't know start asking some more questions. I noticed that the with your you know the billboard when the billboard went up there was talked you know they talked to different troopers and whatnot and um that they mentioned they were going to re-interview people. So Yeah, I they did a, a little bit, but I don't think they did as much as we would like for them to. Because you know, you, know, you want them to interview her father. Yeah. And and the stepmother and anybody else that was around back then. And there there's still a lot of people in that town from back in 1987. Now, can I ask was she married to him? The one that's living in the Blairsville house now was she married to him? They when... were dating. They were dating off and on at the time. Okay. And now... then they married in two thousand and six. Hmm. Wow, that's weird. That's weird. So they dated for almost nineteen years, or before they got married. Well, I mean, everybody's got their own pace, but. I wonder if there's some connection because you know the whole rule of you know the the wife can't it can't be forced to testify against the husband. We, we thought about that one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as as all favor you know all of us crime junkies do you know we we like to <laughs> we like to run with all the different theories that we've learned along the way. Absolutely. And uh, I mean I've even ran around with the runaway theory for a little bit, and but then I go no she wouldn't run away. You know, it, it just you just kind of go through everything in your head of every scenario. Like, how would she just, do it at that yeah. age? You know, it's not like she was some streetwise kid. From what I read, she was pretty much just a normal girl. Yeah, and just, then, you know, she didn't get in trouble, and she just kind of. Yeah, no, we we were just our typical rebellious teenagers back then. You know, we didn't get any trouble with cops or anything like that. We were just, you know, we'd stay at each other's houses and pretend like we're staying at each other's houses and stay out all night long you know that that's probably the... never did that as a 15 year old trust me <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately the first part i probably did you know 
running the law enforcement every once in a while, but that was just being juvenile stuff, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. That record's sealed. <laughs> Typical teenage stuff. It, it, she, you know, she wasn't anything unnormal un about a teenager. Yeah, like, so if you, okay, you say you ran with the runaway theory for a little while. Where did you go with it? Not very far. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she had a boyfriend, you know, and her and her boyfriend got along. And she had a lot of girlfriends, you know, we, we all hung out off and on, you know, she, she got along with everybody. There, there was no reason for her just to run up and run away. So we've talked a lot about her dad's possibility being involved, you know, definitely lots of red flags there. Do you give any credence to the theory that she was just randomly picked up? No, your mind is pretty. She, she had a yeah. She had a boyfriend. There was no reason for her to get in a car or, or a truck with anybody. And her boyfriend had a car. All she they had say, to do was yeah. call him. Yeah, because they say she that you know she might have gone hitchhiked. Yeah, and no, it's all like all she had to do was call her boyfriend. He drove. He had a car. That's so okay. Again, red flag number seven. Now, <laughs> like, what the heck are the cops doing at this point? They're not doing anything. Like, I mean. Hey, my daughter ran away. Okay. And and he just there's the way he talks about her in newspaper articles and stuff when he was interviewed. It just it's just off the wall stuff. Give me an give me an example of that. Uh, one newspaper article we found that he was interviewed in. He said that she was kidnapped into the sex trade and she made the most of it. And she's gonna show up at his doorstep in a Cadillac or something or other, Lincoln dripping in jewels, you know, it, it just, yeah, it's just off the wall stuff like that. Oh, that's kind of jumping to some serious conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a daughter and if she disappeared, that's the farthest from my mind is thinking anything like that. It, it's just, it's just out there. Like, so he's saying she was basically forced to sex trafficking. And she made the most of it. And, and made the most of it. What the hell yeah. does that mean? That's that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, right. No, it's called sex trafficking. It's yeah. You're kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My daughter will will never go into Mexico because I was told by a friend who who works with protecting children. He said, "Don't ever take her there." Don't don't. Because she's she's blonde and blue eyed. You know. In Mexico, he said? He said? She's yeah, she, he said she's worth a lot of money there. And so, yeah, he said... <sighs> what a world we live in. And so it's like, you protect your children. My point is, you protect your children. You know, you, you don't... You don't it, go it around just, saying that weird. they got into the sex trade and made the most of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That's where I was going with that. It just You, you protect your kids. You don't... You don't it, it, it's just strange comments that, that were made. That is extremely strange and un uh, disconcerting, to say the least. And what's your communication with the police? Do you, I mean, do you guys talk to them at all? I mean, do, do you have, like, a person at the uh, state police that, you, that you've talked to that you can yeah. kind of bounce stuff there's, off of? Yeah, there's Trooper Murdoch through the Indiana Barracks. We, we call him when we have questions or, or any, any ideas that, that may come up. And is he open to talking so, to you about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very open to talking with us. 
So is he the person that would be technically in charge of the case at the present moment? I believe he is at the moment. I know there's another detective that's been looking into the case, but he's the one that we've been kind of bouncing our ideas and questions off of. Well, that's great that you guys have uh, at least a source, and you can say, is this a bunk lead or uh, is this something that we should actually follow up on? Because the big story was, you know, guys, you guys putting up the billboard. And I have to say that you mentioned something in the beginning that you put the billboard near. Uh... It's like 50 <laughs> feet from the door that she disappeared from. And there's a reason for putting it that close? Oh, yeah. We, we all had a had a reason behind it. <laughs> and what kind of reaction have you had from that? Uh, they weren't happy about it, the people that live in the house there. Sure. From the, was it a billboard um, there? Was there a billboard there anyway? Yeah, there is. There was. Okay, so it's just the subject matter that they have an issue yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if you look at pictures of it, you, it, it, as soon as you walk out that door, you're, you're looking at a big picture of Alicia. Now, I didn't see this covered in the news stories, but did they, and I just may have missed it, did they ask you guys about that particular location? No. No? I, the gentleman I, no, the gentleman I called about it, he just, he, he uh, just gave me the price on it, and I, we got it all together and got it put up there, and the cops, from what I understand, they, they like our idea, mm -hmm. you know. And we also put posters up again all over Blairsville. And I saw some were taken down. What's up with that? Yeah, I, it's. We're actually playing with the idea of putting a couple cameras up and seeing if it happens again. So they've used that. That's another trick that has been used many times to, uh, you know, catch somebody in the act. And I, I think that the exact same thing happened with another disappearance where they caught the. I don't know, the person that was involved taking down, like, the missing posters. It's like, yeah, how yeah. dumb are you with CCTV everywhere these days? It's just yeah, like... it, it's... And so we started putting them up inside the stores that would let us. That way they can't be removed. Right. And it just, yeah, it, and, and it happened actually 34 years ago when Alicia disappeared, too. The posters were being removed. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Marcy told us about that. So Marcy would put up the posters and... Next thing you know, they're gone? They're gone, yeah. Now, what was his relationship with, like, the community? I mean, was he, like, like let's, see, let's put it this way. Was he, like, somebody that was involved with community stuff? I mean, or... No, no? I don't believe he was involved in community stuff, no. And the, Did the he have a lot of people, friends? I don't believe so, because hmm. the few people that I have spoke to said that he was an SOB. Yeah, that's um. So, okay, I'm I'm just trying to wrap my head. I'm trying to m make a theory or come up with an idea of how he could have done this without anybody. I don't know. Clearly, he's gotten away with it for thirty-four years. If he's the person involved, you know, please note that that's, you know, we're just it's it's hearsay at the moment. But... Yes, but. When you think about Occam's razor, where the simplest answer is usually the answer. The Pennsylvania State Police tell us they need uh, substantial, substantial evidence to to do anything. 
that's yeah. they need a crime scene a body they do they do and that's unfortunate and you can't i mean you can't have them chasing like you know okay here's another red flag the letter yeah what was up with that it was supposedly it's a hoax letter sure obviously i i've had somebody tell me that they that it was written by say it the the wife and yeah and so i i asked i called murdoch and asked him if it was ever tested for dna and he said it was everything came back inconclusive so there was nothing shocking yeah and they looked into the person who was on the postmark on it and they didn't know who alicia was where blairsville was never been to that area of pennsylvania that was in new hampshire too right yeah. I mean, that's just. <sighs> when I read that, that seemed like, okay, he feels like they're closing in or something. And so he's going to throw out a distraction letter. And hey, this this came. Yeah. And, and if that's what his. If it was for him to throw, be thrown off the whole case, he kind of backfired on him because I think it made it even more obvious. Well, it's kind of similar to what happened with BTK. You know, BTK wanted to be, you know, he he was like, well, why aren't they covering me anymore? So he started communicating with the media and then yeah. it's like, idiot, you're going to get caught. <laughs> and so, yeah. hey, you're right. I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it's the narcissistic thoughts absolutely like i mean i can make i can talk myself out of anything yeah that, me too <laughs> no I'm, no no i'm just saying that's the classic like sociopath like like let's say you did something terrible and you're like i got this you know like it's just you know because i'm not saying you're a sociopath because <laughs> that's what you kind of replied there but we're not going to go down that route <laughs> No, I just meant that I I have a, my conscience just wouldn't allow me to even, you know, think about anything to do with hurt, hurting or harming somebody or even, you know, I it's just not normal. No, it's not. And there's so many things about this case that sound so fishy. And you got to figure that I mean, if something happened, it it was probably a spur of the moment thing and I'd like to think that it was an accident of something that happened. I don't want to think that it was done on purpose. Cause I read and that's funny. You say that or not funny, but it's interesting that you say that because Marcy even said like, if they even got in a scuffle, it would have been, they would have been fine. And I'm thinking like, well, Wait a sec. Why? Why are they scuffling? This is a this is a teenage girl and, and an adult male. There's. Sh- I think that's just her, just trying to kind of wrap her head around the whole thing too. You know, I I I don't think they ever really scuffled. I think that's just her trying to come up with some kind of theory. Yeah, that's really discon. I mean, it's so it. How do I just say this? How can I say this without sounding... um, Gosh, it just seems like the police absolutely dropped the ball and aren't 
following up with what they need to be doing and that is asking the question the right questions yeah and it's been through a lot of detectives over the years too it's been through at least five or six and i understand that like new cases take precedent and you know it's just it is what it is when it comes to that kind of stuff but with all of these cases that remain unsolved in the country you would think that they would put more effort into closing some of these cases because yeah you think about there can't be that many in that area that, in that, that right just with. pick just pick like exactly pick the area of okay blairsville win winber like start with that area and just start re-interviewing people and just go back to square one start with dad and then since he's the last to see her start with him to... and just kind of go go from there you know it, it, it's like the last person to see her is always like a suspect and then the person who discovers the body is generally a possible suspect too you know they just they have typically in investigations that's how they do this stuff yeah and even even go back and interview paul again which was her boyfriend at the time but he's been interviewed and cleared from what i understand anyways but you know what's what's the harm of re-asking questions you know you never know what you're going to remember and i know that it's 34 years ago and but if you get the right detective on the case and they start picking through the you know discrepancies then you know it's not really hard to build a narrative here i mean i feel like the narrative is kind of written itself and that's and that has been written by her dad. So the fact that they take it as just, uh, you know, proof that at face value. Yeah, they, they just took it at face value and, and didn't run with it. You know, but things are so different today than they were back then. Sure. Today, it would have been completely different type of investigation. I 100% agree. And with all the stuff that we have nowadays, as far as cameras in every location pretty much there's no way that she would have been you know missing for this long no i think she if today's day was back then she would have been found and if there was an issue with her dad and they did you know have an accident or she had an accident and her dad didn't want to be blamed for it and you know disposed of the body which is just a terrible thought to to think of but 34 years is a long time to carry that burden if you're that guy. And then let's say it's not him and then all this attention that's been put on him is, you know, that's just adding insult to injury or pouring salt in the wound, whatever you want to call it. With that being said, though, I just feel if that was the case, wouldn't he be helping us a lot more than he does? Or would he be, wouldn't he be suing you or something like yeah. that if there was... Helping us keep that billboard up, you know, helping us put put out flyers, you know, helping us get the investigation rolling again. Considering he's the last person to see her, I would agree. And he even said in the article, like, uh, you know, in one of the articles is that, you know, kids and parents get in fights and I didn't think that she wouldn't come back. And it's like, all right, well, 
what kind of traffic comes through Blairsville <laughs> that she could have randomly gotten picked up by a stranger? Because stranger abductions, as we know, are the the least likely of scenarios. I mean, if you're going to get hurt by a fam or hurt by anybody, it's going to be a family member or somebody close to the family, somebody you know. At least nine nine out of ten times. In the in the twenty two Route twenty two along there, it's it's pretty busy freeway highway. It, you know, somebody would have seen something if, if she was out on that highway. Yeah. In in the trailer park that she would have went to, it's two miles down the highway. Had she ever hitchhiked? He, no, I don't believe she's ever hitchhiked. So where does that come yeah. from? Yeah. I mean, it's just that. Even in '87, you knew better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is no, not 1977. No. She's a 15 year old girl. That's what I'm that saying. Just, who's putting you know, herself? Who's putting herself out on the street like that to? Yeah. Potentially get, um, you know, abducted and abducted. Like and, that's. Yeah. She's not an idiot, and she's not a kid. Like she's not a child. She's basically a young adult at this point. And yeah, of course, we all made bad decisions when we were 15, but that's just being 15. But I don't know if going and getting some stranger's car is something that this girl would have done from everything I've read as far as her personality goes. No, no. She she liked to have fun. She was funky, you know, but she, she wasn't stupid, not at all. Yeah, I mean, so who are some of the people that are helping with you with this... Uh, endeavor to track down Alicia there's a few of us were really good friends with her back when she disappeared um, and then a few that are they grew up in our, our same town of Winber that are helping out and then we have one girl Nikki she's uh, she's a um, she went to school for criminology and her uncle was a was at one time involved in the case and so she that's how she got interested in Leach's case and she's she's been helping us also yeah that's it's, it's just a bunch of girls that 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 kind of in some way are involved with Leach's life that they decided to it, it's time to see if we can get things when did you guys kind of closure when did you guys form this team back in August no, it's, it's only been a few months. Okay, so you're really yeah. just getting started, and yeah, so it, there's a lot that could happen. I mean, because yes. pressure is pressure, and as we know, what you get out of pressure, I mean, you get, you get yeah, and, and with social media today too, it, it's she's she's being seen. She's her case is being seen and read and heard, and you know, it, it's being covered again in the news. So she, she's had a lot of coverage in the past three months. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's, see, I think that's the most important thing is just getting the word out. And a lot of times, every time I've talked to investigators, they've always said that, and this is an Adam Walsh thing, and I've talked, I've, everybody who's listened to this show knows that I'm gonna, what, about, what I'm about to say, and is that when you have somebody that's missing, that you're close to, it's either a family member or your friend, you unfortunately have to be a squeaky wheel in order to get stuff moving because, again, like I said before, things take precedent when new cases happen and new murders happen. It's just they only have so much people to work with. And, again, it's just great that you're doing what you're doing. 
because I'm, I'm hoping we'll have some kind of results. Well, I would say that Alicia would be very proud of what you guys are doing and the fact that you're putting all this effort into finding some closure for her and her family, whichever kind of closure that may be, which again, use that word, I'm using that word very sparingly because there's no such thing. Marcy will never have closure. It's an open wound for the rest of your life. But I just uh, I think what you guys are doing is great. And um, let's just hope that, uh, you know, there are some results from this and that, you know, people will start uh, contacting you. Do you have a phone number or like a tip line or an email that people uh, can reach out? Just, just to call the Pennsylvania State Police. It's uh, their number is, I think, 724-357-1968, I believe it is. And there are also some Facebook pages, right? Yeah, we um, the Justice for Alicia Markovich Facebook page. Um, that's a group one. And then we have Remembrance page on Facebook. And then we're also on Twitter, Instagram. What's your Twitter handle? It's uh, it's Justice for Alicia Markovich. And then we're also getting ready to be put up on Uncovered.com. So she'll have a digital file cool. up, up there also. Good, good, good. Yep. Really sounds like you're doing your due diligence on this. Co- trying to cover all the bases. Somebody has to, right? There. Yes. Yep. Well, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like the listeners to know or, you know, just anything about uh, anything about Alicia that you would like to share? Um, just that she, she was a, a really, really nice person. She, she was very liked by everybody and she, she just, she deserves to be home. You know, she, she deserves to have some rest also. And so if you have any information, just contact the Indiana State Police, Indiana County State Police in Pennsylvania, and, uh, and let, them, let them know if you know of anything. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times it's hard to keep things to yourself, and uh, you never know when somebody's going to kind of open up and share something. So, you know, just remember that, everybody. Like, if you hear something about this case, reach out to the state police. I mean, even post something on their Facebook page if you feel like you don't want to be, you know. Yeah, you can message me, email me, mm-hmm. you know. It's, what email, would they, what email would they email? Um, mine is pastsearcher at verizon.net. Okay. Um, it, it, it's up on the website okay. on, on Facebook and everything. So Excellent. So you can contact even through Messenger if you wanted to. Beautiful, beautiful. So you guys got all your bases covered, got social media blanketed, and you have a billboard sitting outside of uh, somebody's house that may or may not be involved. But it certainly is a uh, proactive move, I will say, and uh, definitely one that is uh, hard to avoid. Yeah, and and it just happens to be the perfect spot. Just you don't get that you don't get that very often. The perfect spot. I tell you what, I think sometimes there are things that are meant to be, and that might just be the thing that brings this case to a close. Yeah, I I am hoping we are praying for that. We're hoping twenty twenty two will will bring her home. Well, twenty twenty two has to bring us something positive, so. After the past two years, we, we're really hoping for something. So, uh, you know, hey, there's a bunch of cases out there that I'd love to see solved, and this is one of them now. So um, thank you so much for coming on. 
And thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for reaching out. And this is, uh, again, people listening, this is how you can get your cases out there. If you want to reach out to me, you can always go on my website, Slow Burn Media or whokilledamymahalovic.com. And uh, again, I'm open to talk about any of these cases because, you know, trying to give a voice for the voiceless is difficult, especially when the police don't seem to be very active in the investigation. So, Lori, thank you so much, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Excellent. And thank you guys so much for tuning in this week to episode 150 of Who Killed? I probably wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for the help of a lot of people, and I am very thankful to... Oh, my mentors of from True Crime Garage, uh, family, all that support, friends, good stuff. And as you guys know by now, I do drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday. If you enjoy this podcast or my other shows, you can directly support them by using my PayPal username at WilliamHuffman3, or you can contribute to the show via the Venmo app with my username at Bill-Huffman-3. Now, every contribution, big or small, does help keep these Slow Burn Media podcasts running. You can also help support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Those five stars help keep the important cases that I cover, such as Alicia Markovich, in the spotlight. So, if you'd like to stay up to date on the cases that I have covered, as well as the new shows that I have in the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. This case that we covered this week is really tragic, and there's not a lot of information out there. So if somebody knows something, I just support you contacting your local FBI or Crime Stoppers and sharing a tip, because it's only going to be solved when somebody decides to come forward. So, again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, as always, be healthy and stay safe. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast, Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured, and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network, you can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com.